your number one source for election coverage and analysis. This is Gerard at Large. It is 18 minutes before the hour here on the Gerard at Large radio show. We're pleased to be in studio with Albert MacArthur Jr. He is running for state representative in Manchester Ward 8. He is in a special election, a Republican up against Democrat incumbent school board member Erica Connors, who is also seeking re-election to that uh, to that seat. Uh, this segment brought to us by the Concerned Taxpayers of Manchester. They have endorsed Albert MacArthur Jr.'s re-election uh, bid. They've also endorsed Mayor Ted Gatsis, Ward 8 residents Jimmy LaHoo, who, who are uh, and John Cataldo, who are running for school board and alderman, respectively. And in Ward 12, they've weighed in on the aldermanic race there as well, backing incumbent alderman Keith Hirschman and school board challenger Kelly Ann Thomas. Learn more about their endorsements. Read the surveys uh, that they got back from candidates and uh, see where they stand on the issues at ConcernedTaxpayersOfManchester.com. That's Concerned Taxpayers of manchester.com with that good morning albert hey good morning how are you today good very well you sound you sound like spry chipper ready to go this is almost over thankfully (laughs) (laughs) indeed well welcome back this is what your third trip to our studios yes fourth and just so everybody knows every candidate was invited to come on this radio show in writing so anybody not here it's not because they weren't asked and uh we're pleased to say that many democrats have made their way to the show this year um and so it is what it is. But good morning, Albert. Good morning. So I understand there was some interesting mail uh, that that's hit, basically saying, uh, quoting you as saying, "If I uh, if I'm wearing pants, I'm pretty much what was it armed or carrying?" carrying. The, the the quote was, and I had said this on my first appearance here on the show. Oh, was, so they're listening. Good yeah, morning. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're listening. All right. Uh, it was. I had set it up as uh, this was a quote that was told to me by one of my first instructors. And uh-huh. the quote was, if I'm wearing pants, it's a good bet that I'm carrying a gun. Uh-huh. What that is meant to be is uh, a no-answer answer mm-hmm. because I don't want people to know if I'm carrying. But right, if I'm Because wearing, that actually makes you a target. If people exactly. know that you're carrying, that makes you a target for that's someone why, who might try to take the gun from you. That's why concealed carry is so great right? because you get to hide it. And even you, you go into a crowd – and you have a gun that's exposed, people really get nervous about that. Yeah. I don't want nervous people around me. I don't want anybody to know I have it. Right. Or so, if I have it. So, so now so now you're somehow um, uh, a threat to people's personal safety because uh, a dopey state rep, you know, had her gun in her purse and it fell out at a committee hearing. And another state rep uh, also, you know, dropped a gun. Um, what in the house ante room or something like that, or hallway in the state house? Mm-hmm. I forget what it was. So now let, let's just tackle this, Albert. You are um, a a firearms instructor. Is that correct? That is correct. So, I'm, as a firearms instructor, what do you teach people to do? Uh, we teach firearms safety. So we you, teach, you teach people. Do you teach women to put their gun in their purse? I try not to do that. Do you, teach, do you teach guys to put the gun in their pants without a holster? Absolutely not. Okay. Or in their coat pocket or anything like that? No. No. And in fact, if you saw someone doing that, what would Albert MacArthur Jr. do? Have a little chat with Have him. Have a little chat with him. And folks, take a look at the picture. Albert's kind of a big guy so that <laughs> you'd want to have a chat with Albert if he were on no, and, it, and it's not a chat trying to be um, uh, pushing 
an agenda or anything like that. It's just common sense safety. You never put an unholstered firearm in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Never. Right. The, the, in, unless you had absolutely no other recourse, that would, that would never be an acceptable way of carrying a gun. And for women who carry a gun off body, that's, that's not all, also not a preferred way to carry. I mean, I understand, you know, sometimes it is what it is, but when you carry off body, a lot of times you, know, you leave yourself the risk of having your purse taken from you. And if they take that, then, you know, they get your gun too. So mm-hmm. we teach uh, on-body carry uh, as much as, you know, we possibly can. Gotcha. So uh, gun control, always an issue in the state house. Let's talk, uh, let's talk guns. I know it's an issue that's near and dear to your heart. When the Democrats are trying to make an issue in this race uh, against you in Manchester Ward 8, um, w- uh, what are your general thoughts on uh, what the right and proper regulations of firearms are? Or the, or the people who carry them? Uh, the, the laws that are on the books now, it, the Democrats come by and say, well, especially after what happened yesterday, uh, there's already talk of them wanting to increase gun control laws. Right. We are not even enforcing the laws that are on the books. This individual— We're talking, uh, for those who don't know, there was a, a shooting of a, uh, at a Christian church in Texas yesterday where— I think it was a Baptist church. Well, they're Christians. No. Um, two dozen—I uh, was going to get the denomination wrong, but uh, two dozen, two, more than two dozen people killed, dozens more injured as somebody walked in and opened fire on the congregation as the service was uh, taking place. Among yeah. the dead, the pastor's 14-year-old daughter. Yeah, and it Several just, children. You know, stuff like that. You know, if that doesn't break your heart, nothing will. But this individual, uh, from the reports that I'm seeing— it was he had received a um, a bad conduct discharge from the military. Yeah. He was court-martialed, which means by law he's now a convicted felon and not able to. He's a restricted individual that cannot legally own a firearm or possess a firearm. Mm-hmm. So he violated that law, and apparently there was more firearms in the vehicle. So there's a felony count for every gun that he has. So he broke all those laws. Uh, last time I checked, murder was illegal. So there's 26 individuals that he took their lives. So he broke all those, you know, 26 times he broke that one law. So how many laws are you going to make that is going to stop this? This is a mental health issue. It, it It's coming down to that point. But how do we go about fixing it is the question now. And how do you? It's hard, you know, it's hard to figure out because who's going to be the t- person that determines the mental state of another person? Right. Uh, with, with HIPAA laws the way they are now— Well, you know, the funny, you, the, untold, the, the almost untold story about what happened in Texas is the only reason why this guy stopped was because a member of the congregation made it home real quick, brought his gun back, confronted the guy, right. and then he took off. So, so uh, gee, funny that. A good guy with a gun was the deterrent to a bad guy with a gun. Sure. Good people not having guns are sitting targets for bad people who have them. And couldn't say it any better. That's it, exactly the way it is. Uh, do good guys with guns always stop crime? No. It, it's No, but they do a whole lot better with, 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 uh, than good guys without guns. In the state of New Hampshire— I'm not saying that we will we won't see any attacks like that, but you know what? 
it's a lot harder for people to accomplish an action like that mm-hmm. in a state where you don't know who is or who is not carrying. Exactly. I mean, just take a look at the, the, the you know the gun crime stats or any crime stats in states that have concealed carry versus states that don't. It's pretty clear. So, Albert, you seem to have run what we would call the conservative trifecta. You've got taxpayer group endorsements. You've got right-to-life group endorsements. You've got um, uh, Second Amendment group endorsements. Uh, you, you seem to be uh, piling up the conservative points. Uh, and some of these other – what, generally speaking, is your disposition on, on government and its right and proper role in people's, uh, people's lives? Well, less taxes means more money for people. So if we can cut – the tax end of things, if we could find ways to rein in spending, take less money from the people that are supporting these programs, they're going to be better off, and the state's going to be better off in the long run. I just – the taxes is the reoccurring issue with all of the people that we talk to, all of the surveys that have come back to me. Taxes is the number one issue, bar none. So we need to figure out a better way of spending taxpayer dollars – and accomplish all the you know the proper services uh, for our citizens. The there's a lot of entitlements out there uh, that have really have got to be looked at, and we need to start cutting some stuff. Right. So you probably would be in favor of Senator Kevin Kevin Avard's bill to tighten up, say, food stamp qualifications, which um, inexplicably failed. In, in the legislature, and all he was doing was in making it so that the state was actually following the actual federal uh, guidelines and not the state's more liberal ones. Sure. Uh, it, I understand that, you know, everybody at some point in time may need help, and I'm not opposed to helping on anybody. Uh, was it Bill Clinton, I believe, when he was president, mandated uh, work programs? For yeah. people, well, yeah, that was you welfare know, reform in the mid '90s, and and the the story on that was it got passed by the Congress three times, and Dick Morris, who was then, uh, at least as Morris tells it, it was then uh, Clinton's pollster said, if you don't pass, if you don't sign this, you will lose reelection. The people want welfare reform, so he signed it, and what do you know? Millions of people came back into the workforce. Nobody starved in the streets. Money was saved. The program ran better, and uh, Barack Obama undid all of those reforms. Yep. And so they need to all be redone. Yeah, I mean, nobody, nobody should be getting a free ride. If you need a helping hand, that's great. And that's, that's the compassion that we as citizens should have for our fellow uh, residents. But you've got you to gotta give something, too. If you're getting help to get by, to you know, pay your rent, to get food on the table for you and your children, uh, to keep the lights on, that's great. Everybody needs help once in a while. But you've got to be willing to work on the other end, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's got to be a program to get these people back into the workforce. And or maybe not a program, but th- this should be, it should be structured that they have to work X number of hours to be able to be eligible for certain benefits. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're not giving back to the community, then they're actually, they turn out to be dead weight at that point. Right. And we can't sustain that. Well, and they're entitled too. It's just like well, they're entitled in their opinion. Nobody's no, no, I was just saying it develops an entitlement right, mentality. Right. So their 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 mentality is well, you know, I've had a tough time. I let somebody else take care of me now, and and we got to get away from that. 
Um, it's like what, when John called in earlier today and, and talked about the uh, the state of mind of people's uh, reactions to life in general right now. You know, he, he mentioned the uh, uh, TV shows, uh, media, uh, news reports and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Well, this is really no different because everybody, they say, well, I can get this. The government pays for it. It's free for me. Well, it's not free for people like you and me where we pay taxes to help these people along. So they should be – they shouldn't have the idea that this is – they're entitled to this. They should have the idea that, hey, I'm getting a, a helping hand, and part of me getting a helping hand is I need to get uh, – I need to uh, give back at some point, whether it be working a part-time job or doing something to help offset the uh, the cost of the, uh, the taxpayers. Gotcha. So, Albert, as we come to the end of the interview and the end of the campaign, if people have last-minute questions or they want to do something to give you a hand in the, in the closing hours of this campaign, how do they reach you? Uh, the easiest way to get me is on my Facebook page is candidate Al MacArthur, Jr. Uh, uh, MacArthur for state rep. It's S-T-R-E-P at gmail.com. Uh, those are probably the two fastest ways of getting a hold of me right now. All right. So it's candidate Al MacArthur on Facebook and MacArthur for state rep at gmail.com. Yep. If you want to learn more and have a chat with Al MacArthur as he closes in on Election Day, special election for you down in Manchester's Ward 8. There are a lot of bragging rights on the line here. It's a Republican seat that the Democrats are desperately trying to flip. So they can say their string of special election victories is alive and well. And it's uh, up to folks who care about uh, the conservative side of the issue to make sure they turn out and vote the woeful performance of the New Hampshire State Republican Party in this race, notwithstanding. So, Albert, we uh, we wish you well. This segment brought to us by uh, the concerned taxpayers of Manchester. No, we did them at the beginning. Mayor Ted Gatsis is running for re-election. He says the city is undergoing a renaissance and that he's got a 12-point plan to harness that energy. Learn more at tedgatzis.com slash plan. That's tedgatzis.com slash plan. Stay with us.